0: all right welcome back to training for manhood this is Dan Panetti. um I've got a um kind of a, a new friend but apparently a longtime friend uh Robert Christian uh Robert welcome to training for manhood
1: thank you I'm glad to be here I appreciate it
0: yeah so we it's kind of fun because uh, you're a um you're a longtime friend because you're a friend of the family um you know uh, my wife and her two brothers and have known them for a long time grew up with them down in the valley so um just kind of an interesting journey how um we just got connected but uh um you have a, a heart for training uh men uh and uh and go out there and, and do some speaking and and um kind of share a message with guys so I want to I want to get to that but um tell a little bit about just kind of yourself um and uh and your connection to the Snyder family
1: yeah absolutely so so like I was saying uh you know, I, I knew Robbie, uh, he he was our, like, big brother as we were kids. And so mm-hmm. seeing him play football at UT and all that, he was the hero that Would come down and help lead our youth group. And then Matt, of course, the same age as me and my brother. You know, I have a twin brother, Steven. And uh, as I was telling you before, you know, they, they were kind of two guys. They still are two guys that I've always looked up to. And between them and their, their father, Bud, you know, I just saw them stay the course and really follow Christ throughout their lives and just – it's, it's been a huge impact on me. Uh, what i was going to get into, you know, we were raised, you know, a little different. Single mom, a godly woman, but mm-hmm. um, you know, no father, no father figure in the house. So, okay. you know, me and my brother had our had our struggles growing up, and I definitely have my struggles trying to figure out manhood uh, later in life. Uh, I, I I have the distinct honor of having blown two full athletic scholarships uh, at <laughs> two different colleges before. <laughs> you know, the lack of discipline got to me and I realized I needed to find that. And I, I chose the army for that angle. So I ended up joining the army in 1996. You know, I've been in the army now 27 years <clears throat> and God has uh, used it in an amazing way in my life. I, I met my wife in the military. We've now been married uh, 23 years. Uh, we have five kids. Um, but through the military, I learned, I learned discipline. I learned leadership mm-hmm. and then and, and through, through ups and downs, eventually God really got a hold of me. And and a man of God life is like, and that's, that's something really just the past decade that has really kind of, I guess, steered me right and yep. really helped me to not just live for myself, but to live for my family, to live for Christ. And, and then now in the last, you know, I guess five years or so, it's become a real drive for me to want to help other men find that grounding in, in God's word and in their life and have that consistency and, and leadership for them and their families. So,
0: yeah. So if you, if you could go back to the, um, the teenage Robert <laughs> yeah, <laughs> before you learned a lot of lessons, the hard way. Um, yeah. What, what, kind, what kind of things do you think you'd go back and tell yourself? Um, cause, cause I'm, here's the, here's the thing. I know a lot of um, lessons, it seems like you have to learn them the hard way, right? Um, You know, like you're so, you know, just kind of, you know, thick headed and it's like, I'm not going to listen to anybody, but do you think there's something you could have told yourself that would have kind of made an impact to a, to a young man? um, So that maybe, you know, you, you wouldn't have lost the, you know, the two scholarships, you wouldn't have had to learn lessons, um, you know kind of going through the school of hard knocks do you think there's something you know that that would have made sense to you as a you know 18 22 year old kid that you just kind of if you sat down with yourself then you'd have been like man i wish i knew that
1: yeah it, i guess it, it sounds very simple but it, it would be to tell young robert it ain't worth it um <laughs> yeah it's funny uh you know you, you recommended this book that i'm now reading which i absolutely loving this uh precious remedies against satan's devices but even yes. tom brooks in the beginning of that he talks about you know satan you know he'll dangle these things you'll hide the sin behind it but he'll dangle the, the the pleasure and the fruit of those things in front of you and it looks so tantalizing and exciting and and that was me in college you know I went pretty strict through high school didn't do anything wrong but got to college and these temptations were out there and yeah, it was a pretty conscious decision. Like, you know what? I want to try that. And I want to yeah. dive into that, see what it's all about. And if I could go back and tell myself, dude, it is not worth it. I'll tell yeah. you a cool story about Matt. Um, <laughs> I'm Talking about the influence he, he was on me, your brother-in-law. He, there's uh-huh. two, two distinct memories I have of Matt Snyder. And one was going to his house one time to get him. I think we we're going to the McCown Athletic Club to play racquetball or something. But running in the house and and Bud saying, Yeah, he's upstairs in his room. And I remember running up the stairs and coming around the corner and I I see his door cracked, and Matt is on his knees by his bed praying mm. with his Bible open. And that it, it was that was foreign to me, even though I, you know, raised by a you know a Christian household and, and in church and all that. But that the idea of having that intimate relationship with God, I saw that in Matt, and I was, you know, like it was so foreign to me, but I've never forgotten that image. It sticks in my head to this day. And, you know, that was what 38 years ago, probably. But, and then the other one was when when I started college, and, you know, I, it was, I forgot the exact point, but being back home, and I remember Matt Snyder was the one guy who, who knew the direction I was going, who pulled me aside. And we were in the church parking lot at Baptist Temple, and he was in tears telling me, don't, don't go that way. You know, don't, 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 don't be fooled by this temptation of sin that, that you're you're leaning towards. And yeah. I remember him crying, telling me that and and me crying too. And and I so I think when people go that direction, if they if they've started off, you know, walking with Christ and they they start to, to veer off course, it's a very conscious thing. And so that's I guess, you know, this is a long, long answer to your question. But I would go back and tell myself, you know that that very conscious decision you're making you know it's it's gonna hurt it's gonna hurt bad it's gonna it's gonna leave a lot of scars so don't go there
0: yeah part of part of the conversation I have with a bunch of high school kids now um, as I watch them right begin to make decisions that are moving in the wrong direction um, I try mm-hmm. to sit them down and I say hey what would you know what would your 36 year old self tell you right and, and usually yeah. it's, it's funny like girls usually pick up on this a little bit quicker than guys. Um, kind of like you know, oh, you know, you know, she'd tell me that you know, hey, that's stupid, that's wrong, and everything. I'm like, okay, good. You know, with a guy, it's kind of like, what? What do you What do you mean? You know, I'm like, and my thing was always, here's the deal: you you are going to reap what you sow. the The yep. problem the problem with the way that life is organized right now is that a lot of times we don't reap immediately what we sow, and so we we sow something at 18 and we sow something at 24, but we don't reap it until we're 35. You know, 40. And so a lot of the things that you're putting into the ground aren't coming up. And you don't have to eat that fruit until you're 40. And and it's just it's hard when you're 18 to think, okay, so you know, what's this gonna be like when I'm 40? What what kind of man am I gonna be? What kind of family am I gonna establish? What kind of routines and patterns and habits, right? I mean, like, you know, what am what am I gonna have to break so that I can go be the man that I wanna be? And it's just it's a very difficult thing to process when you're a young person, right? That you you will right? This, you know, whatever you're doing now, you know, it, you'll you'll see it later, right? Because that's that's how God has organized, you know, the universe and, and, and you know, reality is you will reap what you sow. Um, and I think just a lot of people think because they, you know, they haven't suffered a consequence for something immediately. It's like, hey, I got away with it. And it's like, no, you didn't get away yeah. with it. it. It just means that, you know, what is, what is coming to bear uh, is coming later, right? And, you know, I tell people when, you know, I, I was trying to you know, tell Parker when he was talking to a group of his friends, I said, Hey, you know, walk into a, a store and ask for a candy bar. Uh, and if the guy says, Hey, you know, don't worry about that candy bar, you know, instead of paying a buck now, he's like, You know, come back later and, and you can pay for it. And you're like, Okay, you know, hey, you got a free candy bar. I was like, Well, what if you go back in a year from now and the guy says, Okay, you, you owe me $10,000 for that candy bar? You're like, Dude, that's that's stupid. That doesn't even make sense. Right. Why why would you do that? And It's like, Well, But if you don't know how much it's going to cost a year from now or 10 years from now or 20 years from now, like you can't you can't take that risk. You can't take something that, you know, you don't know how much it's going to cost. And so when you said, right, you know, our Thomas Brooks book of, you know, that precious remedies against Satan's devices, like Satan doesn't tell you what it's going to cost to have that pleasure for a moment. Right. If he yeah. told you, hey, hey, if you're going to do this, right, hey, you're going to, you know, look at pornography, but you know, you're going to suffer in your marriage, you know, and you're never going to be able to, you know, truly be intimate with your wife, and you're going to have these all of these difficulties the rest of your life, you know, do you still want to go down that path, you'd be like, no, <laughs> right? But he doesn't tell yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Right. He doesn't, he yeah. doesn't tell yeah. you. He just says, hey, here, here's pleasure for a moment, and you're like, okay, and you think you got away with it, but you plant those seeds, right, and eventually yeah. those seeds. Right. Take root and they they bring up some sort of fruit and you have to eat that later on in your, in your life. And I think that's, you know, to me, the concept of training for manhood is, is you know, what does that look like? You know, talk to some older guys who can kind of help you understand, you know, what are the principles that are going to help you plant the seeds that you want to live under the shade of that tree later on. Right. I mean, I think it's so interesting how scripture, you know, gives you the picture of what is a godly man looks like. He looks like a tree, <laughs> you know. Planted by the water, you know, he's grown strong and, you know, he bears, you know, fruit in season and out. And That's like a literally a biblical picture of what a man looks like is you're going to plant the seed and something's going to grow from it. So what kind of man do you want to be when you're 40 and 50 and 60 years old? Well, plant those seeds when you're 18 and 19 and 20. Right. That's that's the concept. Right.
1: Yeah, I think a a serious light bulb is when you realize it's literally impossible to measure the consequences. Yeah, you know, so, so you don't know what you don't know what you're gonna reap, and you don't know yeah. what you're sowing. So it's, yeah. it's pretty. Yeah.
0: But you, but you, I mean, you know, think about it from a logical standpoint, right? A lot of the seeds we're planting, we know that that seed is bad. So if it ever bears fruit, it's going to be bad fruit. Yeah, it's going right? to be bad regardless. Yeah. Exactly, it's going to be bad. We don't know we don't know how bad. We think ah, it can't be that bad, right? But the same thing, right? Uh, you know, when when you said you were in the military, when they start planting seeds in you of self discipline. Right When they start planting seeds in you of, uh, you know, um, just you know, responsibility, right? I mean, those things, it's like they eventually know that those seeds are going to take root and you're gonna become, right, a different kind of person than you were when you came in here. Um, you know, you don't know how much that's gonna, you know impact a person's life, but I, I love it. you know, you and I were talking before, you know, when we had Alan West on, and I just said, hey, what what is it about, you know, the military that for generations after generations after generations has taken, you know self-centered you know snot-nosed 18-year-old kids and you know a couple of years later they walk out of the military and you're like dude look at that guy <laughs> what what happened yeah. to him and it's like yeah, it it, it is yeah you transform you know boys into men um and it, it's just like it is it is that idea of discipline um, you know, um, of doing things because you've been told, not because you want to, but because, you know, that's your responsibility. And I was just like, yeah, that's the concept of manhood. Like it's, you know, my very first podcast was picking up the sock, right? It's, it doesn't matter if it's yours or not. It's something you have to do. It's it's a responsibility and a duty. Uh, and that, you know, they're, they're not, they're not, you know, I guess, you know, earth shattering, you know, quantum physics type principles of manhood. They're very simple, plain. Yeah. Um, this is your duty, right this thing. is your responsibility, do the right thing yeah yep. very 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 That's much crazy. so so when you go out and talk to to guys now right um what kind of what yep. kind of things are, are you sharing with them um that they need to do right to you know because you're not well, now we're talking to a group of kind of older men right um you know you're talking to guys who are like 40 50 years old uh, what kind of things are you sharing with them that that they need to, to hear
1: well to me it, it it can really be driven home when you, when you give true examples you know so I, I remember my last talk i did you know <clears throat> i even i even told the guys i was like you know coming in you know my intent was to talk about like shamgar you know and how he you know killed all these dudes with an ox goat or abraham this man of faith and, all, and, and and those are wonderful examples for us and wonderful things for us to dwell on but know, yeah, i had to bring it back i pulled up a, my phone and i pulled up pictures of a couple of my friends who in just mm. in the last year had reached out to me and it it's crazy This is about a year and a half ago when this happened but it, it was a i hate the word season but it was one of those weird seasons of a few months where i had probably four or five friends out of the blue reach out to me and and this is where i you know i, I was kind of wondering you know, what are you doing here god you know is this you know where i'm going to be starting to put my efforts you know with, with men but i had one guy reach out and you know he he was a, a guy i've known for 25 years Mm. stellar soldier, stellar father, husband, you know, all that. And just, we've kept up through the years over time. And he reached out to me and I I, I finally got on the line with him. He's crying his eyes out and tells me he's, he's hooked on crack cocaine. Mm. You know, this guy's 45 years old with wife and kids. He tells me he's living in his truck and and has lost it all. And, you know, so that one was one. Another one was a guy, you know, struggling with pornography, you know, and he's our age, you know, 40, 45, 50 years old and just talking about how you know his marriage is falling apart yeah. his kids know about it and they don't trust him anymore just all this stuff another one was an alcohol incident and so i i laid these things out for these guys and i showed them pictures of the guys kind of driving home and and it kind of hit home like okay and i told them i said this could be you i said when you get off course when you start dabbling with satan and dabbling in sin and, and having these closet sins and hiding things you're doing you know, it's gonna it's gonna be revealed. that's what's done in the dark. It's gonna come to the light right. and and that's something that I, that I'm seeing lately and I don't want to get too far ahead of your question, I guess, but just some about from 40 to 50 is what I' am uh, I don't have any data or proof of this, but it's what I'm seeing right now is is like this decade is when you see men either really start to thrive and establish that that foothold in in the word. And then you see it in their family and you see it in their, their kids. Your kids are usually starting in college age at that time. And you see that yep. they've got that ground and that legacy is being established. And it's a beautiful thing. I see it with Robbie. I see it with Matt. I see it with you. You know, guys like that. Um, but then I also see these guys, like the, the few I mentioned, who it's like, I don't know what it is. But at this age, it's like Satan goes full on. Like, all right, this is this is the time where I'm going to either – this kid, this guy's going to make it or break it. And Satan goes full on attack and whatever it is, the weakness and the temptation that this guy, you know, entertains, it comes full throttle and you see these guys collapse. You see the family destroyed, you see the kid, the legacy with the kids start to fall apart. And, you know, it's heartbreaking because you see men who have been standing strong for 20, 30 years. And all of a sudden you're like, what happened, bro? And I've seen some recover beautifully and, and I've seen, you know, reconciliation and a lot of grace poured out, but I've seen some where, you know, I'm still getting that weekly phone call of, dude, I can't, I can't beat this. I'm trying, you know, and that kind of thing. So there's just something, some about this age right now that we're in where, where I see men either just, you know, really, really thrive or just collapse. It's like yeah, one or the I, other.
0: I think, Use I think control. it's interesting. I, you know, I, we were just out looking, I was telling you, we were out looking for cars the other day for my son. and mm-hmm. There was one car that had a little, you know, chip in the windshield and they said, "Hey, you know, we can't sell this car cuz it's got a little chip in the windshield." And I just thought about that cuz we've all had that, right? We've all been driving and got that stone, you know, that pops up off the road, hits the windshield and gives you a little chip and you're like, "Ah, eh, it's a little chip in the windshield. So I mean, it's no big deal, right?" But yeah. if you leave that little chip in the windshield, eventually, right, through time and through stress, right, that thing can become a, you know, a crack across the entire windshield. And I I've watched Right. Cause I've, you know, I've had that windshield that you're like, I, I don't want to yeah. take it in. I don't want to replace it. It's not worth it. You know, and that little chip has become a little crack. That little crack has run all the way across. And eventually it loses, right, the integrity, right, of that windshield. Right. And then, and, and you, you, you have to take it in. And you've seen, you know, that, that concept. And I think you're right. That, that age, um, when, you know, all the little chips, all the little rocks come up and hit you, you know, kind of in your teenage 20 years and you're kind of like, eh, hey, it's no big deal. And when you're in your 30s, it's kind of like that. You know, it's like an inch long or two inches long and it's no big deal because you can still mm-hmm. do life with it. And all of a sudden, when you hit like 40 and the stress of life is there um, financially, the stress of the life is there because, you know, you've been doing, you know, your marriage and your kids and all these things start really pushing on there. I, I think the, the concept is, is if you don't address those things um, and capture them. All right. yes. that that stress is going to take that crack and it's going to run it all the way across the windshield and what you and I are beginning to see uh, and I've seen it you know for years is is that 40s and 50s are right the marriages are falling apart um the ki- the guys are walking away from things right they're they're failing dramatically and and the concept is um you know it's like if, if you were coaching against um you know Christian men um you know it, it'd be great to take them out as early as possible but but if you can plant a seed that you know is gonna um, you know, take them out later, if they don't yep. address those things, right? That's that's just as good, right? If I can put a crack on your windshield and I know, hey, if this guy doesn't address it 20 years from now, that thing's gonna be all the way across and it's you know, it's gonna lose the integrity of his windshield. And I think that's the concept of life um, that, that you and I are seeing as a reality. Um, you know, that we we've got real life examples of guys that you just go, man, you don't you don't wanna be here when you're 50 right? So if you're 18, and you're starting down this particular path, I can tell you where that path is going to end up, right? Yep. I can tell you, you know, within a, you know, within a, a, a little bit of, of what that cost is going to be. Um, and, and it would be great if you started making different decisions now and putting different things in your life so that you end up at a different place. But I will say, I agree with you. Um, if you're 40 and 50 and you're starting to go through these difficult things, there are things that you can do um, to begin to repair. Um, and you know, Scripture talks about the whole idea of, you know, that you know God can you know restore the years the locust have eaten. Right? There are things that you can do to repair the damage that's already been done, um, yeah. and that's you know learning how to repent um, and seek forgiveness for the pain that you have caused other people um, you know, getting yourself in the word and putting putting a community around you to hold you accountable um, and start making better decisions, right? Um, and and being responsible for the, you know, the the things that you've done. And I think it's an amazing thing. I've watched so many guys, when this happens, go, hey, you know what? That's just too much work. Right. Like I I can't, you know, undo the 30 years of bad decisions that I've made. Um, I'm just gonna yeah. live with the reality of what I have. And so then, then what that happens is, up, yeah. yeah, you go from you go from 50 to 80. Um, and I'll say this is um right now, um, they said 35% of all men over the age of 50 live alone. All right? which is which is you know, one out one out of three guys are alone. Like they don't have family, they don't have community, they don't have anything. Um, isolation, yeah. loneliness. And I'm I'm telling you that that is the enemy's greatest victory. Um is taking a guy and and making him right isolated, insulated, no impact at all. So he's not training up, you know, the next generation. He's not speaking truth into the community that he's involved in. Um, and he's and just he's alone. He's isolated. He's he's defeated and he's done. Um, and then he lives out the last remaining part of his life, right, with with no great impact anywhere. And I'm like, that's that would be a terrible thing to think about, the concept of of saying, hey, you wanna, you know, you think it's bad when you're 20. Um, You know, you're going to lose everything when you're 50. Uh, and then from 50 to 80, you're just going to be alone. And, yeah, and that's, yeah, that's yeah. the reality of the decisions that uh, a lot of young people are making.
1: Yeah, it's a perfect, perfect analogy you're saying, you know, because you picture the dude and it's like, say 40 to 50, and they've got that pretty extensive crack in the windshield. It's like, all right, here's your moment, bro. Either You're going to yep. fix this thing, or it's going to shatter. I mean, literally yeah. shatter while you're driving down the highway, and that's a disaster waiting to happen. And you talk about, you know, guys being alone and isolating themselves, and that's something I stress for these dudes. You know, everybody knows, you know, the the scripture, Um, was it 1 Peter 5, 8? You know, it's, be sober-minded and alert for your adversary. The devil's prowling around like a roaring yeah. lion looking for anyone he can devour. We all know that scripture, but I always tell guys, you know, that's that's pretty – eye-opening like hey he's yep. after you he's, he's yep. coming after you he's coming after your wife he's coming after your kids and if you don't think so then you're blind but if you look around he's coming after them through the internet he's coming after him through you know the the society today through the schools through you name it but i also tell guys don't forget verse nine which is resist him firm in the faith knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world mm. and I, I think the biggest problem for dudes our age where I I guess it's probably just pride. It's foolish pride, but I know so many of these guys are suffering in silence and and quietly and Satan's got this ball of shame wrapped around them. So they're just kind of sitting in it and they're, they're terrified to talk to somebody. They're terrified to expose themselves. And so it just gets worse and worse and worse. And so I try to stress these guys. I mean, read the scripture right there. Everybody is dealing with this stuff at one level or another you need to understand you're not alone and therefore by gathering together with other men of God and talking about these things and getting these issues on the table that's how, that's how we build each other up and hold each other accountable and really start to grow and really fix that crack before it shatters you know otherwise if you, you just hide in this pain and this shame it's going to shatter and it's going to it's going to be ugly it's going to be nasty and maybe not recoverable
0: yeah and the coolest thing is uh, the last time I had a windshield that needed to be right taken care of it was it was beyond you know, just putting some cosmetic stuff on there. We, we got a brand new windshield, you know, took, took it in, right. Get a new windshield. And I think that's the thing that a lot of guys don't understand is that's what it means to, to be a Christian. Right. I don't, I don't have to do it myself. Right. I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, Dan Panetti's righteousness is ever going to be sufficient. Right. And so yes. what do I do is I say, Hey, Christ is the one who died on the cross to cover Right, my sins, and in a sense, it's like, hey, Dan, I'll give you a new windshield. Right, I'll give you my windshield. My windshield's perfect. Right, and if you want to, if you want to drive through life looking through the perfect windshield, right, all you have to do is, you know, submit yourself, right, to Christ and say, hey, I can't do it on my own. My why, my yeah. windshield's broke, broken beyond repair. It's like and Jesus is like, yeah, Amen. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, re- I to replace it right with mine, and I think that's the concept that we we forget. You know we're not yeah. telling people hey you know just do a little bit better make yourself a little bit better we're telling people hey this you, dude you're a failure and you have to admit the failure part before yeah. you can accept the grace right that jesus christ offers you
1: yeah yeah and the pride thing again you can't you can't fix yourself and so many dudes just think well if yeah. i just keep grinding it out if i keep grinding it out i'm gonna fix myself it's like bro it doesn't work that way yeah but i tell you and dudes what one of the revelations i, I read a book recently I read in one flight it was that good. It's called "Man Alive" by Patrick Morley. He's the same okay. guy that wrote uh, "Man in the Mirror." Yep, yep. But his "Man Alive" it, it's kind of, it's it's kind of a simplified version of "Man in the Mirror," and it's it's meant for like a group to go through. I'll, I'll probably use it with some men. But one one of the points he has in there is just men, the typical dudes, Christian men, they have trouble believing that God has an actual plan for their life, that there is an engaging plan of ministry that he has for each Christian man out there. And that there's a purpose there. There's, there's, there's a, there's a plan for you to minister to other men, to minister to your, to your family, to your wife and to the next generation for every single man. And dudes that are wrapped up in sin or shame or whatever, they find that so hard to believe, but when they can get that through their head, like, you know, the God of the universe wants to use me, Yep. It just changes the whole dynamic and you can start to believe, like, oh, you know what? I can replace this windshield. I can have this completely new, renewed desire and renewed commitment for Christ and start working for his kingdom, you know, instead of just kind of hiding in my own little kingdom of my own kind of thing. That makes Amen. sense.
0: No, it 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 does. I mean, and I, I tell you know, guys all the time it's like, listen, you've you've done it your way and it's it's a failure. Um, you know, even, even the guys who are doing it, you know, the, the best way possible and they've, they've succeeded, you know, maybe by, yeah. you know, bu- building their own kingdom. They got a big house, but it's like, here's the deal. Those things aren't important because they're all going to be gone. Right. Do you have yeah. a, a, a relationship with God? Do you have a relationship with the the people that you love around you? Um, or did you sacrifice all those things, you know, to, to get a big house and a nice car? Um, and, and the, you know, the reality is, is at some point you got to realize, Hey, you know, I tried it my way and it didn't work. Um, And, you know, the concept is scripture tells you, um, you know, if you don't think that God has a plan for you, right. I mean, look, look around you. I mean, look at the, you know, look at the universe and how finely tuned it is, you know, look at the Mm -hmm. planets and and the, you know, the stars and right. I mean, God, God named the stars, right. I mean, it's like this God is, is infinite and he's incredible. And he's, he definitely knows you. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows the number of days of your life. He knows your name, right. I mean, that that's how intimate he is. And so, um, you know, I think it's a great reminder to us is, is just that, you know, get rid of that pride. You said it, right? You know, the, the P word, right? Let's throw it out there. Get rid of that pride and humble yourself before the Lord um, and understand that, you know, He loves you, has an incredible plan for your life, but you, you've you got to be able to, you know, to give up control of saying, hey, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it Dan's way. And you got to say, no, God, God's way is greater than mine, um, he's made a way for me to know him through his son Jesus Christ, and and then you got to get around a bunch of guys who, who know him, who love him, who walk with them, and learn more about what God's plan is for your life. So it, it's, you know, it's it seems like it's simple, but it's it's a hard process to do, especially as you said for, you know, for guys who want to do it on their own, um, feel like they're a failure, uh, feel like they just want to keep on grinding. You know, it's like oh, you know, hey, you know, next year is going to be better than last year, and then. You know, you you tack on twenty of those years, and you realize it's not, yeah, yeah it's not yeah. it's not better. And you've got a, a wake behind you of, you know, destroyed lives and and you know relationships, and and it's just it's sad to see. And I think at some point you got to cut it off and just say that's that's it. You know, we're we're done yeah. with that. We're going to try something different.
1: Yep, yep. And and as these guys, the, the ones that they really start to make the shift, you know, I tell them two things to focus on: obedience and sacrifice. Yep, and. and if each day you start your day, you know, in devotion and prayer, but you're asking God for two things, yes. Lord, you know, show me today where I need to obey, where I, where do I need to obey better? You know, where are you speaking to me and, and making me lean towards this or towards that? And I'm not paying attention, you know, help me to mm-hmm. obey. And then number two, what do I need to sacrifice? Cause every single day, I don't care who you are. There is something in your life that you can say, you need, I need to let that go. I need to sacrifice yep. Yep. that to, yep. to, to move towards Christ. I need to drop that weight. And so, to me, o- obedience and sacrifice—you know—that's that, that's how you get there.
0: Yeah, that's that's Hebrews twelve, man. You want to run the race? Get rid of the stuff that's holding you back, and right, stay stay in your lane that Christ has set out there for you, and you'll get done right. You know how to, yeah, how that works. You were a track guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. Man, that's good. But, hey, Robert, um, you know the uh, the the Zoom time is coming down to an end. So, any last word that you want to throw out there to some guys yeah. who, uh, to encourage them? I'll-
1: well, you know, I'll throw out what I hear Robbie Snyder say all the time, which is finish well. Mm. Um, when, when I give these talks, you know, I always talk about, you know, I always go back to what Robbie says, finish well, but I, I give examples of guys who didn't. And, you know, we had dudes in our church who were, you know, elders and, and deacons and stuff like that. And these dudes were men that I looked up to growing up and, you know, you, you find out later in life that they, they just had things going on in the background that were just you know detrimental to their their families, to their their marriages. And you know, and you look at some of these guys, you're like, ah, oh, he just did not finish well. But yeah. then I look at other guys, you know, like Robbie, like yourself, you know, and I see I see it like it's happening, like you are finishing well. And so that to me, that that statement, and I love Robbie Schneider for giving that to me. That's something that I just try to keep in my mind all the time to finish well. And, and how Amen. do we finish? Well, we clean, clean to Christ. So that, yep. that's the encouragement I'd give kids from 18 all the way up to 80. Finish. Yeah. well. And
0: you know what? I'd tack onto that in a race. Right. Would you rather start well or finish well? Amen. <laughs> and and, and, the, and the reality is, it's like I'd rather finish well. I mean, I know a lot of guys who like, you know, like yourself. It's like, you know, hey, it didn't start well. You know, you know, kind of stumbled out of the blocks, made some bad decisions. It's like, okay, okay, great. Pick yourself up, get going. Because I'd rather finish well, right? Because when you finish, that's that's the one that's in the, you know, in front of the crowd. When you finish, that's the tape at the end. You're leaning right, you know, for that victory. I don't care how you started. You know, you might have started with some hardships and some difficulties. You might have started, you know, running the wrong direction. I don't care. Finishing yeah. well is what it's all about. Yeah, so rough, Robert cries. Amen. That's, that's, a, that's a great word, and I appreciate the time. Um, you know, we'll uh, we'll have to do this again and, and uh, keep on going, because I know you've got a lot more stuff that you want to share uh, with some guys, and you've got some great wisdom that you've built up. So thank you for your time, man.
1: Hey, Dan, thank you, and uh, tell Tricia hello for us. I'll do it. See ya.
0: Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training4manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.